lying on the couch in a death-like slumber. The opposite was a large glass window opening towards the east. Warm sunlight tiptoed from the window and fell on Ashutosh's face. He stirred. He was wearing the same black tuxedo which he had worn for the party last night, but the sheen was wiped and the clothes were smudged in places. The bow tie was missing, the top buttons of the shirt undone, and the shirt was crumpled as if he has been in a scuffle. His coat, waistcoat, and boots were strewn on the floor. The old drinking had left him ruffled. He tried to pull himself up but it was painful. His head was throbbing as if a mallet was being hammered on it. He groaned. The pain was unbearable. He held his forehead. He licked his dried lips and looked around, squinting his eyes for a better vision. He was parched and his throat was hurting due to dryness. He looked around for a glass of water but sighed with disappointment. Tanvi, he called out. No one responded. It took Ashutosh some time to realize that his girlfriend had broken up with him. She had walked out on him because he had forgotten her birthday dinner. Now in this huge house he was all alone on his own. He grunted in agony. He stood up on his trembling feet and plodded towards a refrigerator. He pulled out a chilled water bottle and gulped half of it. The cooling sensation brought him alive. Drinking the cold water felt like a luxury on earth. He shoved the half empty bottle back in the fridge. He had a habit of waking up early. He never liked to sleep late in the mornings. But yesterday at the party he had overdrunk and the hangover was stifling. He glanced at the clock on the kitchen wall. It was showing 9:15 in the morning. The sight of the clock was enough to alarm for him. He never liked being late. No, no, no. I can't be late. I'm never late. He scolded himself. He went back to the living room to look for his phone. His head was aching. He was finding it difficult to balance himself. The room seemed too bright and he had to squint and look around. He finally located his phone. It was lying on the floor in one of the corners. He picked it up. It was switched off. He pushed the power button and tried to switch it on, but the battery had died. He found his charger in the study and plugged his phone. I need to get ready. I need to reach off it at earliest, he reminded himself. He walked into the shower and ran the cold water. The splash of the cold water on his body eased the muscle ache. He got out and quickly dressed up. He glanced at the clock. It was already 10:20. He looked at himself in the mirror one last time. His eyes were dreadful and his skin was pale. He was thinking about the dream he had had. It felt so real. His little trip to the forest and the banyan tree, the old monk, the mysterious conversation. He remembered the way he denied the existence of destiny and karma. He recalled the way he told the old monk that he didn't believe in anything. It was a dream. He shunned the absurdity of it being a vision. What other explanation can be there? He scoffed. When he stepped in the study, he heard his phone ringing. He rushed to receive it but the call was disconnected. He unplugged the phone and was aghast looking at the notification. He had 45 missed calls from his secretary Emily. 12 were from his lawyer Neeraj and a few from his angel investor Priya Roy. This has never happened before. He rubbed his face with his hands before he could come to any conclusion. He read Neeraj calling displayed on the screen. Hello. 
Oh thank god I was so worried. Why weren't you answering your phone? We all are worried. Are you all right? Neeraj asked hurriedly. I am. I am, but what's the matter? I have so many missed calls from you, Emily and Mrs. Roy. That's never happened before. Asked Ashutosh confused. What? The unperturbed demeanor of Ashutosh stunned Neeraj. Have you have you not heard? Have you not watched the news? Are you okay? These questions seem strange. What in the world would happen to me? My phone was dead. I only just woke up. What happened? What's wrong? Ashutosh was growing worried. Neeraj didn't reply. Ashutosh held his phone and saw there weren't any notification. The internet must be down. He reached for the remote control and turned into a business news channel. Hearing the voice of a news anchor, Neeraj instructed Ashutosh, "Please do not talk to anyone, especially the media. Head straight to the office and immediately do not, and I mean do not talk to anyone about it. Your car is ready and waiting for you downstairs." Ugh. Ashutosh replied into the phone, but he stopped mid-sentence as he looked up at the screen. One flash, and he was traumatized. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. The news channel was running a story about his company. With a thud, he sat down on the sofa, mouth agape, and his eyes misty. He was perspiring and his breathing hitched. His hands were cold and heartbeats going louder every second. The phone slipped from his grip and fell on the floor. A newsreader announced to the screen, "ARK Tech, a leading tech company of India, has come under a scandal. The company is said to have committed financial fraud. It has allegedly stolen millions of rupees from its customer." Currently the money is untraceable. This has had a huge impact on the shares of the company. The market is retaliating. Multiple cybercrime complaints have been lodged by customers across the country and an investigation in the matter is called upon. Meanwhile the company and its director may face legal charges, say our sources. The phone rang again. Ashutosh looked at the screen and received the call with trembling hands. So you need to get out of there. Please come to the office immediately, Neeraj said. Yes. <clears throat> yes, Neeraj, I I hear you. Ashutosh grappled for words. His voice was cracking. He gathered the nerves and switched off the television. His body was cold. He wiped the sweat from his forehead, ran his hand through his hair. How can such a catastrophe happen? He was thinking, but his mind was working against him, as if the fear and anxiety had paralyzed his brain. He was blank. He couldn't think straight. what's happening to me this is not good he was thinking he looked around with widened eyes rubbed his face with a hand how the hell can i be so irresponsible he cursed and glanced at his study table he pulled up on a drawer and with shaky hands found a wooden box in that box were his best collection of cigars he cut one cigar lit it and took a long deep drag the smoke filled his lungs and nicotine put his mind to peace He walked towards the swimming pool. The warm sunshine added to the high. From the terrace of his sky rise, he looked down at the chaotic city yet itself. The fast-paced metropolitan, looking closely, he saw many people gathered near his building. Most of them were reporters. He could also see the OB vans of the media parked nearby. Who can do this? He clenched his teeth. 
He turned around and sat down on a chair beside the grill of the terrace. He puffed his cigars. His phone kept buzzing, but he ignored all the calls. He took his own sweet time to finish the cigars. It gave him the time to think, to compose himself, to understand the situation. After finishing the cigars, he rose to his feet. His brow furrowed and his eyes creased with concern. He clenched the fist so tight that his fingernails dug into his flesh. He was standing tall, his stance determined. I will find that bastard and make him pay, he vowed.